Hello and welcome to Always an Escrow with Serena Appel and Colby Burchin. Hello, Colby. Hello, Serena. How are you? I am fantastic. Today, we are honored to be speaking with Elisa Licht, an award-winning marketer, brand builder, personal branding expert, and the founder of Leave Your Mark and the best-selling author of On Brand, Shape Your Narrative, Share Your Vision, Shift Their Perception. You can find her on Instagram and on her Leave Your Mark podcast, where she delivers fresh career advice from her most inspiring and successful friends with an emphasis on building your brand. Aliza, welcome to our show. You guys, I think that's the best intro I've ever heard. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Shout out to Jamie for connecting us, Colby. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Beyond here, I'm bowing down to you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to just jump right into some questions for you, okay? Fire away. Let's begin at the beginning. Your resume highlights include global fashion executive, 17 years with Donna Karen, and creator of the Twitter phenomenon DKNY PR Girl. How were you first drawn to fashion PR? Great question. So I was first drawn to plastic surgery, actually, which in my age at this point may have been a better idea. I'm not sure. However, I was pre-med. I graduated with a degree in neurobiology and physiology. That's my fun fact that no one believes. I was going to be a doctor, but I loved fashion growing up. And I did this horrible internship at a hospital. And I, I this is the irony. I was like, there is no way I'm wearing a mask all day. I'm just not with red lipstick because I was even with red lipstick back then. And I was like, I think I want to work at a fashion magazine. So I started in the late 90s at Harper's Bazaar at an inter- as an intern and then moved over to Mary Claire doing accessories editorial, and then spent two years there and felt like I deserved to be promoted. I was shut down and told I was not going to be promoted. And then I was like, you know what? I need to reach beyond these four walls. And I'm like, I speak to these PR people all day. Like, I know who's good and who's not. I think I can do that job. And a role opened up at DKNY, and I took it, and I grew up in that company. Unbelievable. I love it. And of course, I was a reader of all those publications. I had my own experience going to some of those magazines and reading through closets. Yeah, I had an internship at YM Magazine, got to like read the closets. And it was a a great experience, right? I mean, being like in that team, I mean, having that like that vision right behind the scenes. Yeah. And I do, I do credit. It was an incredible education of how honestly influence is created in the beginning, right? Cause we all back then were like, what are we wearing for fall? Oh, what is, what is Vogue say we're wearing? What is Harper's Bazaar saying? Colby, I don't know if this was you. I don't know if you felt the same way that Serena and I did, but it was a big deal. Um, and it, it was really, I think like the heyday of that time, obviously the world has changed. Um, But you mentioned DKY PR Girl, and I think it's important because people need to understand sort of the genesis of that and why it's, you know, relates to today. Um, In 2009, in my traditional role at Donna Karen, we were sitting around a marketing meeting thinking about like, okay, maybe we should join this platform called Twitter that no one really knew what it did or what it was. And I was concerned that people would think, 
that Donna Karen herself was tweeting because she's a person and also the brand, right? When we think about brand, it's like, okay, there's a founder who is with the same name. And I was like, you know what? Gossip Girl does it really well. Like, why can't we come up with an anonymous social media personality? We can call her DKYPR Girl, and we can put the brand through the lens of this job of doing cure, which is what my job was. And our legal team was like, great idea. Only you can have the login, Eliza. So I started tweeting, and I was a secret for almost two years And then I came out as this person, which led to my first book, Leave Your Mark. I mean, it led to everything. But I think the learning here is I, my identity was synonymous with where I worked. So when we think about on brand and personal branding, I'm trying to tell people build equity in your own name, not just where you work. Because I had to do a whole rebrand after I left that company. Because like, what if you don't work there anymore? True. Well, I, I mean, DKNY PR girl was everything. I mean, we were following, I was on, on these teams and we were following along and, you know, trying to figure out who you were. And then it was revealed. It was, it was a big deal. I mean, that it was, it was definitely a phenomenon and it was just such brilliance that you, you came up with that. I, I mean, and I, I know what you mean about rebranding, but I have to say, that you coming out, right, and coming forth, and you always look so put together. Let's talk about your Beyond Fabulous style and how you discovered your signature red lip. Let's go there. Oh, my God. Well, such a all, all loaded things. And I, I just want to add to your great comment. You know what hasn't changed? And this is really the learning from DQIPR Girl. Don't sell anything. Tell a great story. That really is the takeaway, and it doesn't matter if it's 2009 or 2023. If you tell a great story, you can sell within that without actually selling. Yeah, storytelling is everything, and transparency too. I mean, to some extent, um, though there is something to be said about kind of like raising the curtain and um, giving the behind the scenes, which I love what you do on Instagram too, right? You come out, you know, you, you're putting your makeup on, on the daily, you're, you're, you know, spreading gospel and, and just like delivering such nuggets of career advice in this real way. So I really want to say like, I love that. I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, in answer to your question about style, you know, I, even in college, going to my 8 a.m. labs, which I regret deeply now, um, I, I got dressed up every day. It's how I feel good. And the red lipstick, I believe, is caffeine for the face. So when I don't wear red lipstick, people are like, are you okay? Are you, are you, are you sick? Do you feel okay? Because I, I think it, it just, it's how I feel good, right? So when you feel good, when you do something that makes you feel good, you do it. And as we know, repetition is reputation. So I am known for a red lip and I don't know where my red lip partnership deal is, but like maybe one day someone will give me one, but it's really how I feel good. And I think you know, especially in the world today, when we think about, you know, hybrid working or remote working, you don't really meet everyone in person necessarily. I mean, look, you're, look at your, look, you're wearing a blazer, you have flowers, you're all dressed up. Colby, you're, you're in a different vibe right now. You're like on vacay mode. I don't know, in Boca, you still look put together. You got gel in your hair. Like 
no one ever got in trouble for looking too good, right? And I believe that there's something to be said for looking the part. And I think people don't want to admit that it matters, but appearance matters. And why it matters is because when you show up and people can tell that you care about being here and you're, and you're, and you're wanting to be here and you didn't just roll out a bed and be like, Oh, great. I have this podcast thing today. Let me like you, you're, you're telling the other person that this matters. And I think that's important in business. I agree. I, I do agree. I mean, I, I was trying to give you something with the red lip because I was hoping you were going to wear red lip. Works. So. <laughs> Works. We're matching, Colby. Because I'm blind and I, I have them in every color. So. Okay. Well, it works. It totally works. <laughs> um, okay. So what advice would you give someone who is interested in becoming a brand strategist? Like, tell us, what, what would you tell someone? You know, I think consulting is a very tricky endeavor. Um, when I left Donna Karen in 2015, I was like, I'm going to be a consultant. And what that meant to me literally was going on Canva, making a logo for my new company and posting it. And I was like, I'm a consultant. That's what I do. And the truth is that it's much harder than that, right? Um, one of the things that I had to rebrand about was I didn't want to do PR anymore. I wanted to do brand marketing and digital strategy. So the first step is actually shaping your own narrative, right? Understanding how you want to be known. But more than that, I do think because consulting is based on experience and reputation, you do have to put in the time prior to being on your own to, to actually, you know, cut your teeth into existing teams, existing projects. So I, I think that corporate experience, in-house experience, agency experience matters because if you're going to call yourself a consultant, well, it's like, okay, well, what's your track record? Like, what have you done? I failed at consulting the first time for 10 months. I did it really because I was, well, let's just say it. I was a snob about the brands that wanted to work with me and the brands that I wanted to work with didn't accept my pitches. And I was always getting the like, well, you know, we don't have budget. No one ever has budget, right? So I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. Maybe this isn't for me. I actually wrote an article for Forbes back in the day titled, How You Know You're Not Meant to Be an Entrepreneur. Because I think one of the great things that I did was say to myself, you know what? It's okay to say that you're not good at something and to actually share it. So that other people who are like trying to do something and can't don't feel so like much like a failure. And then, you know, I went back in house for a couple of years and then I decided, you know what, I want to do this podcast for Leave Your Mark. And then I was like, oh, great, but they don't make money. So I have to consult again. So I had to come up with a new way. So I, I basically came up with this like rent a CMO concept because what I decided the first time is I didn't like it because it was so lonely. Like you're on your own, right? So what if I wasn't on my own? What if I can embed into existing teams and consult within that structure? So that's what worked for me. Okay, so let's talk about the importance of shaping your own narrative and where you begin and how. So the first step is answering the question, what do you actually want to be known for? 
in whatever circles you travel in. I think a big misconception about personal branding is that it's about becoming an influencer. It's about becoming famous. One of the things that I tried really hard to do in On Brand is to deliver advice equally between people who are like, I don't do social media, that's not my thing, and people who actually want to build a presence on social media. Because there's so many IRL skills that really uh, contribute to how people know you, right? So executive presence is one of them. Like when you walk into a room, do you carry weight in that meeting, right? Do, are you someone who's considered decisive? Are you someone who doesn't respond to people? There's There, there are so many um, attributes. And when I think about personal branding, I think about marrying self-reflection with public perception. So to me, my definition of a strong personal brand is when your name is dropped in rooms you're not in and you're recommended for opportunities that other people haven't even heard of yet. And how that happens is people know your value, but more than that, they know how to speak about you. So if we think about publicity, right? It's like, who are the people around you who are like your publicists? They know you're good at what you do and they can speak about it when you're not there. So going back to the initial question, answering what do you want to be known for, then really doing an audit of how you're showing up everywhere. Looking at your bios, looking at your LinkedIn. Even if you don't want to be on the other platforms, I think every professional person should be on LinkedIn and be active on LinkedIn. And then asking yourself, are the words you're using, right? Even in the order of how you list your bio, are they all supporting your North Star goal, right? A lot of people forget that all these breadcrumbs that we're leaving everywhere, they paint a picture. So leveraging every aspect, every medium that you can be in, working in tandem, like how you guys are doing this podcast, right? It's like how I have my podcast, like having everything work in the same direction to make sure that you're messaging correctly. Because let's face it, the concept of waiting around for people to notice that you're good at what you do, it doesn't work, right? That's not a strategy. But you have to learn how to do it strategically and elegantly because you also don't want to be one of those people that just talks about themselves all day. So that's what I do in On Brand. And I have mental gymnastics exercises. Like there's a workbook throughout the book where you actually work through your Venn diagram, your brand guardrails, how to think about what you should be talking about, what you should not be, how to, you know, how to have executive presence, how to build authentic relationships. So there's so many aspects to this, but it does start at the beginning with really asking yourself like, okay, what's the goal here? That is true. Serena and I did that too. When we put together this podcast a year ago, what was the goal? And uh, it's really uplifting and trying to be more positive because I'm a realtor. She's a PR girl. We're trying to bring it together. And this is just one more avenue for both of us to get our name out there. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's great. I think it's great. And I also think that the underrated benefit of doing this is actually even just having a conversation like this where you're meeting someone new and like really listening to the person, right? No one's on their phone right now. Like we're actually just having a conversation, which is kind of great. Right, right. It really I, is. It is because Serena and I wanted to do like a coffee talk kind of podcast where it's just like simple, easy, behind the scenes, you know, just let your hair down, have fun. 
Yeah. I mean, I was going to recommend cocktails, but sure, coffee works also. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you work with brands and individuals? What's the process? So I, I like to make this really easy because I think when you're hiring a consultant, it's kind of like dating. Like you don't, they may sound good. You may think you like their work. You get together and then you may be like, "Mm, not for me, both ways, right? Sometimes you don't like a client. Sometimes the client doesn't like you. Um, So I actually start off with like, you can book me for 15 minutes. Like you can book me on intro for a 15 minute video call. And I don't, I can do monthly retainers, but I like to work in smaller chunks because I, and Serena, you'll get this as a, as a publicist, like You know, when you're paying a monthly retainer to someone, you're always questioning, are you actually getting as much as you're paying? So for me, I would rather say, hey, you only need me for an hour a week and let's work an hour a week. We'll have a standing meeting. So I have brands that I work with um, who I have a certain amount of hours with them. And then I have individuals that I work with that I have even smaller chunks of time. Right now, I'm helping individuals really think about their overall presence in whatever they're trying to do. So I have one client, for example, who's launching a book in the fall. I have another client who is pivoting and wants to create a consultancy and doesn't know how to position herself. And more than anything, you know, because I do feel so strongly about mentorship, I think I can be a really good sounding board to people that have great ideas, but don't necessarily have the confidence to execute or like can't see that version of themselves yet. So it's really, you know, however someone wants to work. And I have all of this, you know, on my website, elizalip.com. She delivers so many juicy, just facts. Okay. And everybody needs to tune in to Aliza's Instagram feed, buy the book. Seriously. I mean, it's such a smart approach. It's simple and it's, and it's just such a smart, real approach to getting noticed as well. Okay. So talking about getting noticed, I know you have um, an event tonight. Are there any other live appearances on the horizon? Anything else that we should be looking out for and our audience should know about? Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. So my focus right now, besides the consulting and the podcasting, is really corporate speaking. So what I've been doing is I've been going into companies. So I've I've been to Google, Amazon, different banks, all different, you know, real estate, actually Graystar Real Estate Company, um, all different types of companies. And my talk is really centered around the importance of establishing a personal brand within a corporate structure, because that idea is really foreign to people. They don't understand why they need to do that. And I think the argument here is, especially in the way that people work today, where maybe you're hybrid, maybe you're remote, it's really easy to become invisible inside a company. And it's really easy to forget that like, your claim to fame right now is like, how good are you at email Because no, or on Zoom? Because no one's really interacting with you in the way that we used to. So this, this is a talk that I feel leaves people actually very motivated to level up their presence at work, which is not necessarily self-serving. It's also about 
you know, cross-functional partnership and really being able to be of value to other people as well. Well, you are amazing. I'm Thank so you. happy you came on the show. How, I did too. <laughs> how could people follow you, you know, book you? Well, my publicist, Serena, has already mentioned several ways. Um, so alizalick.com is my website. I'm on all the socials. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, threads, TikTok, LinkedIn, uh, buy on brand. Um, I'll also give a plug for Leave Your Mark. This is really... Um, this is my first book. This is The Devil Wears Prada Meets Career Advice. Lots of juicy stories in here for people who shall remain unnamed. Although if they read this book, they know who they are. Um, this one is really great for college, like early professionals. And then this one picks up where Leave Your Mark Left Off, me being the first case study in here for branding. Yeah, so I'm I'm sort of all over the place, super accessible. Come say hi, reach out, DM, whatever. Oh, Everybody you're... must connect with Aliza today. Find so... her on Instagram. You're amazing. I am so inspired by you. I'm definitely taking all of this to note. We are for our podcast and beyond. Thank you for coming on. Oh my God. Well, you guys are amazing hosts. I feel like we could have just spent all day. We could have gone from coffee to cocktails, but you know, maybe one day. Um, and thank you for, thank you for sharing my story. I appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you.